Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Councilmember Rashid Wyatt is with us this morning. Councilmember, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing all right on this uh, 716 day. And uh, yes, t- yes. to start things off, let's go back to the original Bray Miller proposal. You were very outspoken. What was your objection to the first Bray Miller proposal? Well, Joe, quite frankly, the fact that there was a whole ca- uh, campaign to give Bray Miller almost $600,000. And we have all these other struggling businesses in our city um, due to the pandemic um, was just unconscionable, unconscionable. And, and the fact that, again, this one grocery store, no other grocery stores came to us because some of them made money during the pandemic. This was the only one that didn't. And it's just hard for me to wrap around um, in my brain, why this one grocery store that needed money and the other ones didn't. So again, justifying it um, was hard for me to just understand, to even present to other people because other folks were still complaining about the same thing. How was it that this store was exceptionally uh, hit by the pandemic, but no other one was? And then the fact that um, from other information that we were hearing that they were just weren't on solid ground. They were having problems with their bank, with the bank and making payments and those things. And so it didn't just seem like a smart thing for us to do to spend almost $600,000 or give, give $600,000 to one business when these other ones are struggling as well. Now, we, uh, we know that was a unanimous uh, vote against the loan. The mayor has reproposed it. Is this proposal any different than the first one? No, it's not. And um, the, the mere fact that he believed that he could get five votes, it went nine to zero. Um, it's just I, I don't I don't know what was he was thinking to think that that was um, a good move, especially in light that now we're hearing from more and more small businesses who are affected by the pandemic as well, and questioning how do we give this one business almost $600,000, and they were able to get anything. I've heard from a number of different businesses that applied for some of the money through the city, and they were denied. And so, again, going back through this, and if we did the right thing the first time, maybe it could have been something that we could have considered, but the fact that we weren't getting this money out to these businesses that were struggling kind of is a telling story. Have you uh... – either proposed or mentioned any way that this could be restructured to where it would get a yes vote from you? Or is, is there a way this could be restructured to get a yes vote from you? Um, 
honestly, the, I think the majority uh, majority leader, um, David Rivera, is having conversation along with the council president, with the mayor, and so I'm going to follow their lead. I had already put a resolution forth to take the money from Bray Miller and um, divvy it up to other small businesses in our city. Um, so that was my counter. Um, because I really thought that, hey, why don't we take this money and give it to these other businesses who are still struggling? And as you may have heard, there's businesses still closing, still businesses still struggling. Um, Gershwin's, I think that's in the Niagara district, was just on the news the other day talking about their struggles and how they have to give their money, you know, that the money from the owners is going to pay payroll for the employees. So there are still businesses struggling from the pandemic, and we still have an opportunity to help them. You know, I talked to the mayor, I think it was two or three weeks ago, and asked if he would be willing to do a 50-50 loan, right? 50% forgivable, 50% having to be paid back. And he said, no, uh, not at all. Let's let's say that he was in favor of, uh, of maybe taking that uh, compromising 50-50. Would you consider voting yes on that? Um, no. I mean, Joe, actually, from what I'm hearing... Um, I've heard that Simonelli is willing to put 500 if we match that, um, and we'll see. But what I would like to see is let Simonelli, because he believes in Bray Miller, it's part of his his his, his development there. Let him put up the first 500 and let us give Bray Miller additional dollars in draws based on their financial performance. Um, I'm a banker, so I'm not going to put money in a black hole when they possibly may not be open to the end of the year. And so, again, um, if we're going to do this, there's got to be something for other businesses. Absolutely. And we can't just give them this money up front. When I when we've heard some of the financial circumstances they're in, um, that they could possibly be not open in a year. That was my next question, Council Member. You know, Paul Sevinelli putting this uh, half million only if you guys approve the loan. Um, but you, you gave your response would be why not just give that half million, correct? Exactly. Give that half million. But if he's willing to put that half million up and it's, you know, and invested in the business, and I believe the majority leader and council president are in negotiation with the administration. But I, if we're going to give this money to them, um, I would like to see it in draws. Um, that it's not just something we give right up front. We need to see some financial performance to make certain that, again, we're not going to give this money. And then six months later, he's going to be closing. You know, we, we hear so much about how important the grocery store is to downtown. Uh, is it your belief that if Bray Miller were to close, that a successful grocery store could move into that location downtown? You know, honestly, I, I think a lot of that is rhetoric. Um, I have a deli store in my district that is probably as big as Bray Miller's, and he's doing extremely well. And so I believe you can get a smaller grocer to go in there. I don't necessarily think that you have to have a Bray Miller's in there. You can get one of these deli stores to expand into that building. Because like I said, I have one in my district, two in my district, as a matter of fact, that have expanded. One of them is just as big as Bray Miller, and they're doing very well. So I think that from what we hear that if we don't go with Bray Miller, that it's going to kill downtown. Mm. Well, we've been going a long time without a grocery store, and um, I think that we can still survive. But I do think that there's opportunity if we want to support another deli store only or a, a food store to go in that building and do what they need to do, especially as it relates to the folks in affordable housing that's adjacent to that building.
You know, you talk about the other uh, businesses that are still struggling from the pandemic. Uh, have they come to the city and has, while this spray miller has been discussed, have other businesses been able to receive some of the money that's been put aside for COVID relief? Not as a, what I know. Um, we were told, and again, I don't have documentation that because, again, we're told a whole lot of stuff, um, but sometimes we don't see it in black and white. Um, we were told that the city has helped some businesses. I don't know what they are. Um, however, I'm, I'm hopeful to hear a great deal from a lot of these small businesses who are struggling on uh, Tuesday at our finance committee meeting because I've asked those businesses, even the businesses that have been denied, please come forth. Let us know what your needs are. Brendan Mahaffey from Strategic Planning is supposed to be there and talk about how um, there may be these dollars available for these other businesses. So I, I want to encourage these small businesses who have been struggling through the pandemic, um, please come hear the information and see how you can fit in to get this second opportunity on these funds. So the finance, uh, the finance meeting is on Tuesday. When will this Braymiller vote take place? And do you think it will be any different than the first vote before? There's a possibility. Um, as long as we have something for these other businesses, um, it's still going to be shameful that we may get some money for these other small businesses who aren't going to get the type of money that Bray Miller is getting. Um, that's still something that is going to be a crawl in my in my belly. Um, but I want to make sure that some of these businesses get something because even five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars to a lot of these businesses, like a hundred thousand to them. So if we can get something to them. Um, I would be willing to work with them. I got two questions on two separate things. Uh, we brought up last week, we were talking about the NFTA expansion. We did a, a whole hour on the expansion. Now I realize that expansion goes through Amherst. Uh, but, you know, as someone, your district, uh, the train goes through there. The buses obviously go through uh, the entire city. Do you think an expanded Metro Rail is good for all of Buffalo, all of Western New York? I really do. But at the end of the day, um, I've seen in my district some signs that says say no to Metro. Um, there's got to be a robust explanation and conversation with the community on that, because too many times we just do things and think that it's OK just to do them, even though we have opposition. Um, I, I, I'm the type of person or council member that I want to make sure I can get consensus from the folks in my district. What are the areas in which they have concern? I do think it's good for our city. Um, but again, I want to make sure I'm aligned with the residents in my district to make certain that they're okay with it, that it doesn't negatively impact them. Because I just don't want to say, let's do what's good for the city, but impact my district. That's not that's not good for me as a leader in representing the residents in, my, in, in the university district. You know, it's so interesting how people have different uh, thoughts on it. And I think it also is, you know, what your proximity to the rail is now. Like, growing up, I grew up right by the South Campus Station, so I took the train anywhere, everywhere. As as you know, I went to Madai, took the train everywhere. It's so interesting yeah. to hear perspective from people who grew up nowhere near the train when you talk about a, a rail expansion. Yeah, I mean, when it's not next door to you, um, you just think, it's, oh, let's just do it. Um, but the traffic and other things that may come in, come into play, um, we have to understand their perspective. And I'm always trying to make certain that, again, those who are affected most directly in this type of change, I got to hear from them. The other folks, they, they don't have those, those concerns, those issues. So the people that are going to weigh the most in my decision or in my approval or support are going to be those that are closest to it. Now, last question. We haven't talked since uh, the big news about our alma mater uh, closing August 31st. What are your thoughts on Madai College going away? 
I'm I'm so disappointed. Um, I really am. I thought that they had a good leader and um, Dr. Maker um, found out later some of the decisions that he made that just weren't in the best interest of the, the college. Um, I hope our, our degree is still worth something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the alumni are just, you know, disheartened um, because, you know, my, my master's is in organizational leadership. Um, what was the leadership there? You know, that you went down a path that now the, the school is broke and now they're going to be moving on. And there was an opportunity from the, to carry on with TROCARE that fell through what happened. Um, so I'm just really disheartened that what I learned in leadership that I thought should have worked for this college, they weren't incorporating. So it was very disappointing. It is. You know, I'll remember my uh, my five years there. I was on the five year plan. My uh, four years served in student government. And, you know, if you don't hear me on Hardline the first Sunday of uh, September, you know, the uh, the degree has gone void. (laughs) Joe. (laughs) Hey, Well, council member, we always appreciate you joining us. Hope you have a great 716 day. And I know we'll talk soon. You as well, Joe. Take care. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.